What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Free Tron Pod Hike Edition. I think this is pod hike number three. I feel like we've done more than that. We might have. I'm not 100% sure. But it's been at least... At least two. Doing lots of them. It's a good place to podcast. Besides the background noise. But maybe that... Less mosquitoes and rats. That's true. More plants. Definitely more plants. Everywhere. But also more random people walking around. More people, more more dogs, more monkeys. More birds. More birds, yeah. What's... More spiders. Oh, little spiders. And uh, snail shells. Especially on this trail. A lot of abandoned snail shells. Oh, what's been happening? Well, I'll start with the biggest thing. I'm sure you heard Biden's. I, actually, you posted in one of our group chats about Biden's. Dark Brandon. His fourth time. It's now his fourth time. And I think finally, like, the uh, the foreign policy establishment, I, I saw today, basically, like, even though he's already said this multiple times, like, in almost the exact same wording. Yeah. Today, I saw, like, Politico basically saying um, that, what's the word? Strategic ambiguity is over. Hell yeah. Basically, because they said that this wasn't like an off-the-cuff remark. Like he keeps repeating the same thing, and it was he he almost certainly this is probably he almost certainly rehearsed for this. But uh, what what I what this to me means is that and they've never cared really what Biden thought about it because they assumed that the people around him kind of control his actions. Right. But, what I assume this means is that they are okay with strategic ambiguity being over because of the, I don't know, increasing acceptance of our deteriorating relationship with China. And there, there's no there's no way to deny it anymore. Yeah, I feel like that's true. Hold on. Yeah, push. I just need to find a place to put this foot. There we go. Mm. Yeah, this is like... Pretty sheer. There's not a whole lot of handholds. Probably. It smells like shit down here. It does. Yeah. I mean, I don't think uh, there seems to be an increasing, uh, I don't know, bifurcation of the international space between China, Russia, and then some of these small proxy states like Azerbaijan, recently. Which is interesting because everyone says that Armenia is like the in this conflict is like the puppet state of Russia, but well, they're not a puppet state, but they do have a security. They agreement. have a security agreement, but that's that's what I'm saying. People spin it into that, but Russia has not fulfilled their duty as as a, like a, whatever a, a, a de facto protector. Oh. Yeah, well, Russia is Russia defends a lot of countries that nobody else will defend like Iran, like Syria. So their assistance is always like kind of, has to be constrained within the legal framework that includes like sanctions against Syria, sanctions against Iran, like rules about what can be provided to them. So right, they but have, they're, they're like, a lot of these countries, if you only have one friend and nobody likes you, you can't expect that much out of your one friend sometimes. I feel like that's, that's suppose, how we should look at it. That might be true, I think, but uh, it is interesting to see that the Azerbaijani president was just meeting 
with Putin and Erdogan yeah. and someone else, maybe, I forget who it was. Anyway, so it's like, it seems sus is all I'm saying. And uh, I think that, I and I wrote an article about this that- Wait, he met with Putin and Erdogan? At the same time, yes. Interesting. <laughs> Which obviously, historically speaking, <laughs> Turks not big friends of the Armenians. Uh, so you're, he, you're, but you're saying the Azer, the Azeri leader. Yeah. And by the way, let's let's uh, put on the record that he's most people consider him, I think, an autocrat right now. He's been in power for over 20 years. So yeah. So yeah. The yes. word president is applied loosely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's why should, I said leader. That, that should be clear. Um, <clears throat> yeah. He's they they are like one of the least free states in in the region. Like even less free than like some of their authoritarian neighbors. They get like a nine on Freedom House. Is that so? Yes. A nine. Yeah. I have I was recently. I was surprised as well because nine I, is extraordinarily low. Like North Korea and China are like, like in the teens. No, 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 no. They're still below. China, I think, is like, I think it was like negative two or something. Oh, like really? That. I didn't know it was that low. Yeah, and then North Korea is like zero or something like that. They're both very low. But the, there's a no, uh, Armenia is like over fifty. Which is not like great, but it's not bad. It's, actually, it's it's partially free, and they do have free and fair elections to everything that I've been able to find out. So, the United States is at like eighty-two. Yeah, I think so. I so. think so. Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah, all their all their neighbors besides, um, let me just look it up. Just give give you all the exact numbers. What are you you trying to look up the two countries? You can you can click on all the countries in the area. Let's see. It like keeps. I don't know. Turkey's at 32. Uh, yeah, it's not yeah. very stable. That's no, not very good on the cell phone. Some of these are too tiny. Can't even see what this is. Azerbaijan is yeah at nine. Nine, yeah. That's really bad. It's very low. Very. Armenia's this one. Armenia's 55. 55. Yeah. 55 is. Respectable for for the region of the world it's in. The yes. Caucasus. Yeah, as a as a former Soviet state. So what is this? Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, Georgia is the only higher one in the area. Right. Yeah, it's the only one that's higher in the area. Well, and I think you made a good point in in your article talking about how we need to like support these sorts of states and give them like an uh, alternative option besides just like having to rely on Russia. Yeah. Which is kind of the point I made in my article as well, is that <clears throat> I honestly think that just like Ukraine, we should be sending them weapons. Defensive weapons, I'm You're fine talking about with. Armenia? For Armenia, yeah. It's risky geopolitically with them having an agreement with, with Russia, but Pelosi just went there, which is like, and she went to the Genocide Museum and she was crying. I think we it's, should support the Armenian government. However, I think this is a disputed... This is like a tiny disputed territory. I it's think n it's not though. Here's the thing, because it's not Arbok. It's it's inside of Armenia. They have invaded Armenia, like multiple kilometers inside the undisputed territorial borders. So when I you say they've in, they crossed the border and are they occupying? That's because I think those they, are two different. Well, things. there's a ceasefire right now, so I think they they've retreated. But they did they pulled armor across the line. If from, that's from the what case, I heard. then then instead of immediately sending weapons i think we should go through the un channels as as we tried to do with ukraine basically because yeah, russia I'm fine with that <laughs> russia's hypocrisy we painted painted very clearly if they suddenly if because they're supposedly on armenia's side basically right. saying that you can't 
uh, violate the sovereign borders of a country right. while they're actively doing it <laughs> but in another country. I don't even think they've done much speaking out against uh, against the, these attacks. If that's the case, then maybe Armenia will terminate its security agreement with, with Russia. Maybe, but they're going to need some security guarantees from other people first, I feel like. They're, but they, what I'm saying is, why would they need a guarantee to terminate an agreement that gives them nothing? Because they have... Well, it gives them... I feel like it gives them some... Because it keeps Russian soldiers... Because Russian soldiers basically protect all of their borders. So... Except except the ones that have been violated. Correct, correct, correct. So, actually, they're not. Uh, well, they are, just not in that area. But, yes. Which is, like, the most hotly contested... Nobody's saying that Georgia's going to invade Armenia. So, basically, the most Tur- important- Turkey, Turkey might. <laughs> probably not, though. They'll probably leave it to the... To Azerbaijan. I don't think Turkey's invading anything. As long as they're a NATO member, like... That, that could be, I don't know the exact by rules, but... They're not going to invade, but they do bombings in, like, in, in Kurdistan and stuff, in northern Iraq. So, I don't know. And they're also, <clears throat> they're the ones supplying all the, the drones to our Azerbaijan. So... Yeah, but supplying weapons is It's different, the, it's different. It's not yeah. the same thing as staging an invasion. For sure, absolutely. So, I feel like if Russia is not helping them to secure their most vulnerable border, then uh, I, I assume that they also take it that the security arrangement with Russia has bought them virtually nothing. Well, yeah, I mean, you look back at, at 2020 when they had the, the what is 44-day war. That was, yeah, same thing. Russia didn't really do anything. I think they might have helped to try to broker some, like, mild, quote-unquote, peace or whatever, some ceasefire, but uh, I don't think they helped that much. Well, so if that's the case, first of all, I mean, it should... We should go through the proper diplomatic channels first. That I agree with, because it, it makes it look even cleaner, which it should be. It should be, as, obviously, as clean as possible. But I do think that there has to be... I think these, quote-unquote, like, de- democracy-loving countries need to start drawing lines in the sand, saying, like, listen, you just don't get to invade other people, or we'll just cut you out of the international space. Like, totally. I agree with you, but I, <clears throat> I, have, I had heard that... I mean, obviously, I was aware of the conflict. Yeah. But I did not. I did not hear that they crossed into like Armenian, undisputed Armenian territory. And if they did, and they occupied it, then that is a significantly different thing than the border. Conflict. I think they have pulled the the armor back. I don't have. I don't have like the notes in front of me. What made me mad was reading all about this. They're co- they everyone calls it border skirmishes, border clashes. But it's like it's not Armenia doing anything. <laughs> like they're literally just bombing inside of Armenian territory. So it's like. How is but that? It's a, on the border. That's yeah, but that's bull. Crash. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. You need to ascribe blame. It's like when they talk about cop shooting. It's like a, a police officer's bullet lodged itself through someone's skull. It's like why is this so passive? I have to say, what you're saying is not reflective of what I read because I read that 50 Armenian uh, Azerbaijani so 55 were also killed. They so, were killed. Yeah, because they're they're defending themselves. They're defending themselves. In an, in a region that is a disputed border. But again, so, it's that's it's not it's not a disputed border. The whole area, that whole region, is a disputed border area. Not it, inside of Armenia proper. Right. Yeah. But that, which is where they're bombing. So again, the that's thing not disputed. that I saw was not was not about the border. It was saying that in the Nagorno-Karabakh region, they were they were fighting, and this region has been disputed for three decades. The, with yeah. by the way, Armenia launched many offensive invasions, which is why the area right now is mostly Armenian. Because they basically perpetrated ethnic cleansing there two decades ago. 
and kicked all of the Azerbaijanis out, as far as I know, and I need to verify that. Look, but they, they look. were definitely, that, the reason that was under Armenian control before, prior to the border dispute in the last couple of years was because they had launched offensive strikes and taken it from uh, Azerbaijani control decades before. Yeah. So they're not like a that neutral is, party in this conflict. That is, a, that is a disputed area. What I'm saying is in, in this, this current conflict, yes. It, it is it is not the the area that I'm talking about is not disputed territory because technically while it is the Karabakh region while it is uh, technically like you said uh, occupied by mostly Armenians most international treaties or most international groups recognize it as Azerbaijan, Azerbaijan territory you mean Armenia <clears throat> no 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 I mean the Karabakh region okay <clears throat> yeah so it depends who you ask but I believe the UN recognizes it as Azerbaijan territory, but that's all kind of. It's, yeah, I don't it's, really care what the UN says. Yeah, I mean, I tend to agree. I mean, Armenia has like, I don't really like historical claims to land, but they've lived on that land for like longer than like before the Roman Empire existed. They were living on that land. So who's the they here? Because Armenians, Armenians. You, I first of all, I would strongly dispute the idea that Armenia or Azerbaijan as cultures have existed prior to the Roman Empire. Well, Armenians would strongly disagree with you. They, they can, but like that area, it's been, it's been under control of like uh, multiple empires since then. I, I think those languages probably don't have claims going back that long even. Like, uh, I don't, I don't know about really that. Those are really stretch claims. People make all kinds of wild historical claims, as you can see with China. Like, Certainly. I would, <clears throat> I would, I'm not an... Uh, an Ar a scholar of Armenia, but uh, but they do they I mean they have been living in the region for a very very long time. Yeah, in, in Armenia. Are, if you're talking about Nagorno-Karabakh, re realistically, that like, is harder to say. I, w I mean I don't know. I haven't studied. It. I would have to look it up. But they could anyway. In any case, they sh this is just a disputed region, and they could find like a. I think they could find a peaceful settlement instead of constantly going back and forth. I, I don't draw a line in the <clears> middle or whatever. I don't know. They can because. Like with because like you all said, the weapons flowing with, in. Well, with all the all, and all the his, the history of violence, like the, you have the the Azerbaijani president saying like calling like Armenians dogs and shit, and like they have you've heard about like the the like mu the museums they have there. They have like these. <clears throat> it's not even like a museum. It's like an amusement park with like the helmets of dead Armenian soldiers. There's like these gross like caricatures of Armenian soldiers in there. They're like bring kids in there and like have them pretend to like kill these Armenian soldiers it's like really bad man there's just a lot of like history of, of violence and obviously with the Armenian genocide and stuff it's uh it's well, the Armenian genocide was perpetrated by the Ottoman <coughs> by the Turks, Empire Turks, not, yeah. yeah yeah I know but it's it's all kind of wrapped up also that's another thing that that dark Brandon based Biden should get a little bit of credit for is for finally recognizing the Armenian genocide yes. which no one else would do which is Kind of ridiculous, being that it's 2020, or it was 2020, I believe, when he recognized it. <clears throat> but what else you been on? Oh, there's those really bad earthquakes in Taiwan. Yeah. Eastern Taiwan. So I only heard about one fatality so far, and it was in a factory, like a piece of equipment fell on someone. I thought it was the guy <clears throat> in the seven. There might have been one there too. I didn't. I didn't hear about that. I haven't looked up total fatality numbers, but. There was a lot of like building collapses. There was a train derailment. It was not good. Um, so yeah, hope everyone is okay. Yeah. But it's 
yeah, seemed seemed pretty low for all the, the structural collapses that I saw. But yeah, I was surprised. That was the biggest earthquake I've ever felt here in Kaohsiung. I barely felt any of them. The, I'm always the first walking one. around doing stuff. I didn't really, I felt a little bit after like by the end, you know what I mean? Yeah, I felt two of them really strong, but there's been like a number of them. Like some of, some of uh, my students have told me they felt like, like five or six. I haven't felt that many. I just felt two big ones. I felt two of them. I, when I was in Nanto on Sunday, uh, I, felt, I felt one that day. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, everyone else felt, but I was like walking around outside. When I'm walking around, I just don't feel them. You don't much. feel them as much, yeah, for sure. The other one, I felt, I didn't even feel it. I just heard the window shaking. I mean, I felt a little bit, but you know. Yeah. It's like, I can, I can stand here and I could imagine myself feeling an earthquake <laughs> because my body's rocking back and forth. <laughs> Unless they're really, really strong. And by the time they're like in the four or five range, it's like kind of, unless they're like really high on the five scale, it's, it's dubious to me. Yeah, it's not, they're not, they're usually not that strong here, which is why I was just surprised. In Nanto, they were, I don't know, they were, they was closer because the, the ones on Sunday were uh, located in Hualien. Yeah. yeah, so, and Nanto is obviously significantly closer, like on an east-west scale too. Mm, yeah. But still. Just shaking windows, that's about it. Yeah. So shaking windows and text messages, that's like the only way you know. I didn't even get text messages through all these that we've had, surprisingly enough. You didn't get any? I didn't get any. I didn't get any on Saturday, but I got one on Sunday. Maybe. And no, no, I did get it on Saturday, but it was delayed. Weird. Weird. Yeah, I don't know. On Sunday, the first one, I heard, the, I heard somebody else's phone before anyone even noticed the earthquake coming i was like i heard the like high-pitched noise uh -huh. from a cell phone i was like that sounds vaguely familiar that like ring yeah and then everyone started screaming and running out yeah uh, they were on their nap time <laughs> seriously yeah i know i know i i don't know we felt a couple at school and no one really freaked out everyone kind of just stayed put well, these classrooms, like at the ab the Aboriginal school, they like, it's like a single story building, so they can just literally walk out of the oh, classroom yeah, in like yeah. ten seconds. That makes sense. So they have got a place to go. <laughs> Unlike if you're in like a tall apartment building or like a big school, where you're not you're not gonna find anywhere safer in like seconds. No. Yeah. It'll be over by the time. Like in a, in my school, we'd be, it would be over by the time we got outside. Yeah. Makes sense. Oh, this cool breeze. Yeah, that was nice. It's getting toasty. I saw Gavin Newsom challenge Ron DeSantis to a debate. Oh, I was hoping you were going to say to a duel. Same thing. <laughs> uh, Gavin uh, Newsom, he is so fucking obnoxious. He is obnoxious. He is super obnoxious. And, Almost. and also should always be hated for striking down ranked choice voting. That's why I still like truly <clears throat> dislike him. Really? Other than that... I disagree with his hypocrisy on the COVID stuff because it like it just. Sh hey, doggy. Hey, puppy. It shows that he doesn't really care. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of like COVID virtue signaling, which is the worst because it's a serious thing, and don't pretend that you think it's serious and then just like spit in the face of of your own population by like blatantly violating the rules then. Like yeah. if you're a government official, you should be held to a higher standard. Agreed. And, and for that reason, I think Ted Cruz also 
fucking monster. Like, leave Heidi the hell alone. Well, oh, was that was that over the gas thing? Maybe it was over the gas thing. Okay. Not over COVID. I can't remember. In either case, it's it's just two people who are pretty unserious, in my opinion. Totally. DeSantis, speaking of, also did the whole Martha's Vineyard thing, oh, yeah. which I heard some people stay saying that they think might be like a violation of the law, possibly on like child trafficking, because they lied to the people. They told them they were take they were going to ship them to Boston, and then they shipped them to Bar- Martha's Vineyard. You like the word ship here. I mean, that's <laughs> for people. That's kind of what they did. That's why people are calling it trafficking, because they they just kind of transport transported them. Okay, but. Obviously, they don't have the resources on Martha's Vineyard, like the homeless center and stuff. They don't have enough resources to like take care of all the people. I think Martha's Vineyard, if I'm not mistaken, is like a very upscale. It like is. It is, but it's rich people who don't care about poor people. So it's like the the homeless shelter is. I don't. It's not like. I don't think it's probably well funded. It could be overnight if the rich people cared. But again, getting rich people to care about us poor's is a little difficult. So I don't know. It's just. I mean, it's a scummy move, but I, I was talking to Ben about this, and he was like, uh, saying I don't want to like, uh, strawman his argument, but he was saying basically that it's a federal issue, right? Because immigration is a federal federal policy. Yeah. So basically, the federal government needs to step in, and it shouldn't be all put on these border states. Which I mean, I can somewhat agree, but they're not even. I don't think the border states are even trying. They're just trying to shut down mo- most or all immigration there. But I am okay with like. If you're well, in a, when you say they're trying to shut down all immigration, what do you mean? Because most immigration has nothing to do with their prerogative. Well, with pe- with people coming in like seeking asylum and things like that, they again they don't really have any ability to stop that. If people seek asylum, they they're processed by federal officials who are down there. They're not processed by local officials. Well, I mean, you remember when Abbott had like a had a deal with Obrador in Mexico, basically saying like they would do like extra checks and stuff. So who would do extra checks? The state of Texas. So all I'm, my my point in all that being is that yeah, if if people are coming and seeking asylum, if they have like family members and stuff, then then yeah, you can. I think it's certainly fine to send them like to live with those people. I think they need to be processed to the federal level. I I agree with Ben that certainly the state should not be getting involved with this at all. But but I also agree that I'm also okay with like sending them to like different states if the, if it really is so such a burden. But obviously it shouldn't be anyway because they're federal facilities, so state dollars shouldn't be dealing with much of this anyway. Yeah. So I think it's kind of a farcical argument, not by Ben, but just the the argument that I hear overall in general about this stuff. And we should have another Texas boy, aka Ben, to come talk about it sometime. This is weird. Pulled the machine out of this one. Just a cement, cement hole. I assume it was like the other one. They had yeah. a big crusher here, and it just went down in here. You could climb down there sometime. Not right now. Shoes. Not right now. Yeah, I think it's a tricky issue, but I think America. Everything's reflexive. I don't think anyone really wants to deal with any of the issues. They just want to deal Sorry. with like. They just want to make a rhetorical point, which is why nothing ever changes, nothing ever really gets done. Build the wall, not build the wall. Like, give amnesty, not give amnesty. DACA for like a couple of years. Like, it's all it's all band aids and like rhetoric and no actual solutions. Oh, to- totally agree. There needs to be actual systemic change, but that takes actual like political will, political capital. Which I think the problem. No one wants to I mean, use. the reason that there's no systemic change is because people don't know what they really want. I think people are. I honestly think that most people 
don't think about it and prefer the status quo, which is essentially like unregulated illegal migration across the border, because both people on the progressive wing prefer that for their values reasons and people on the business side wing who, who lean towards the right, the United States, whatever that means, prefer it for economic reasons. So I think both of them prefer to basically keep... Well, even the anti-immigration people, they get, I mean, they fundraise off of it. And they, I mean, even yeah. when there's like not a lot of immigrants coming, which there's less and less every year, and we also have falling birth rates. So America's population, we'll see what happens with that. Um, but that's they, not a reason. But I, I feel like you're saying that as a reason to say we should dismiss it. I, I, I no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm saying we should obviously deal with it. But well, I'm, I'm saying it might be a good idea to increase immigration a bit. Right. But we should, we should choose the people who are coming to the United States rather than have them choose. Well, certainly. And I think that I. But I do also think that people seeking asylum should also be given refuge. Yeah. Yeah. But of they, course, they should be processed. We shouldn't. Yeah. We all, I'm not a. Uh, I mean, ultimately, I am. I would, I would be an open borders guy, but obviously, in the current state of affairs, it's a little bit more of a difficult situation. We don't have peace and harmony around the world, so yeah, they should be processed, of course. But uh, we have a pretty strong vetting process, one of the strongest in the world. So I think as long as they make sure to do it, we'll be okay. But uh, yeah, it obviously needs more funding, and uh, probably needs to be cleaned up a bit. Because, I mean, Trump was just deporting people. <clears throat> Using COVID as an excuse, as if he cares. Huh. I think we may have gotten caught here before, but I don't know. I'm pretty sure we walked down this one before. I don't remember. They all look the same. There was something else about that that I wanted to say. I don't remember. I think, uh, I do think that DeSantis is peaking a bit early for, for a run in 2024. I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to end up going anywhere. I think he's too unlikable. I think people in Florida, whatever, they've got some weird attachment to him and his his like antics. But I think yeah, his dramatism makes him too similar to Trump for the same reasons that independents didn't like by and large vote against him, but did vote against him. I think it's it's also similar to to all the other politicians that have tried this. Uh, the like the MAGA type Trump type thing uh, when running against Trump is everyone always wants the original. You don't want Diet Trump. You want Trump. Yeah. So they're they're not going to vote for him. And also, well, I think <clears throat> I think MAGA people will. I don't if if it's I think they'll win less vigor, but they still vote for him. They would vote for him, but if they have the option of Trump, that's what I'm saying. If Trump is another, the other option, they would vote for Trump over him a thousand percent. Also, like like you were saying. Uh, I think DeSantis is deeply unlikable, and he's also not that good of a speaker. He's a little bit sh he's a little bit shrill, which isn't like great for for the uh, for the the chuds. And uh, yeah, I just I he doesn't have like the power in the speaking uh, presence that that Trump does, in my opinion. It's amazing that that you even say that about Trump because Tr Donald Trump is probably like borderline mentally. R I, I'm not saying that to, like to be provocative. I think that he honestly is. If you listen to him talk, he will say the same thing in, in different wording three or four times before like the end of giving one thought. He's at least at least an, a deeply unintelligent person, but I think he's probably, he, most people in his cabinet said he was basically illiterate. He, uh, he can barely speak 
like coherent thoughts if you listen to him talk for like more than five minutes like the the only reason that people i think are are attracted to his way of speaking is because of its plainness and because yeah yeah, yeah that's pretty much it because of its plainness well because, i mean they have there's an anti-intellectual streak that goes deep on the right i mean and on the left sometimes but especially on the right in america but i think a lot of them have just honestly never heard him talk uh no i think they hear clips I don't think they they may not have heard like a whole speech, but man, you go you look at his rallies like they just cheer. They just it's just like it's peanuts to you know to the crowd. They they don't really care what he says. Maybe. He can say almost anything. He obviously contradicts himself within sentences, yeah. and they still cheer because it's their boy. It's their big big boy. And I don't know. It's always fun looking at the quotes from him, man, because that's why <laughs> I think that's why I think that he's probably like. Moderately disabled. Not well, not developmentally. Probably at this point, Sun, you say, like, intellectually disabled. Okay. Like, because developmentally, I I assume it means it, like happens. Happens when you're developing. Yeah. I think that's probably probably a bit of it is senility because he's already he takes very poor care of himself and is he's in his mid seventies. What do you mean, McDonald's Diet Coke's man? That is that is peak Olympian. If he drank, he would already be he would be he would have been dead a long time ago. Honestly, he just does a bunch of Sudafed. Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly, okay. I, I saw a quote recently, and it was so funny because, like, they they included the whole quote. Yeah, I forget what it was. It was just saying like, she won't do that, and basically he he said it like five different ways in like five different sentence structures, just repeating the same thing over and over. She won't do it, folks. She refuses. Simply won't do it. Unable. Won't. Yeah, something nasty like that. woman. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean that's that's all he does. But again, it's simple and it's to the point and he ha- he knows those phrases that he has to say. MAGA, make America great yes. again. He's like a bully. He's yeah, like he a, is a, like he a high is. school bully He's, that yeah. just has catchy catchy insults. He's like an insult comic, basically. Yeah, it, I mean you look at intellectually his intellectually disabled insult comic. You look at his his like debates with like with Hillary it's just him like making snide remarks, like not paying attention and rolling his eyes a bunch. Like that's all. That's that's what he does. And uh, yeah, the chuds eat it up. They love it. So I don't know. But all that going to, I say, to say, I don't think DeSantis is going anywhere. Back back in the day when I first watched him in the Republican debates, as a as somebody who doesn't agree with almost any of the Republican ideals, him being nasty to like the Republican heavyweights, it's funny and tearing them apart. Yeah. I fucking oh, I yeah. loved him. It's great. It was so. Rich. It was great. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, is he's right on some of his points. Like he was like, I used to, I used to give you guys money all the time, and he said to Hillary too. And it's like, yeah, that's true. He went to Chelsea Clinton's wedding, like, which is why it's so offensive that people people think that he's like actually a Republican or that he actually has political belief because he doesn't. Uh, yeah, no, he doesn't he's an opportun- have a political. He's an opportunist. Yeah, he's a businessman. That was also very frustrating when I heard. He's okay. barely a businessman. He's yeah, an actor. He's an actor playing a business. Well, he's an actor with a brand. Yeah. That he sells to other people. An insult comic. That's yeah. probably the best way to put him. Basically. Basically. TV show host. It's, uh... He's like, what's his name? That really, really... Uh, ugly comedian. What's his name? Uh... The insult comic. He always does the roasts. He's like the king of roasts. Oh, J- Jeff, uh... Jeff something. Yeah. I forget. Jeff, Jeff Weinstein. <laughs> That's like all he does, though, is those roasts. Yeah, he just yeah. comes out of his cave once a year to do. To do <laughs> he's funny. Roast. He's really funny. But that's basically like, like a smarter equivalent of Donald Trump. Yeah. 
Just an, a nasty, nasty man. <laughs> Forget his name. Jeff Bezos. Jeffrey Bezos. Jeffrey Tubin. Oh. There's a lot of good Jeffreys out there. There, I mean, yeah, it's a classic, classic name. Jeffrey Epstein. That's what I said first. Oh, did you? I didn't hear. Yeah, it. I said, I, I said Epstein first, and then I said Bezos, and then Tubin. <laughs> who else? Who else we got? Jeff, Jeffrey Bridges. I don't know who that is. Jeff Bridges, the actor. The guy that plays the dude in The Big Lebowski. Oh, okay. Good actor. Thanks for listening to the Two Jeffs podcast. <laughs> this is Jeff and Jeff on the podcast. I think we should, just like we should start the uh, Joe Bogan podcast. Bankrupt and bald. We should, <laughs> we should have, we should have a, a Jeff and Jeff where we just do different Jeff impressions, and we you do it, do it, a lot in, better impressions than I am. Do it in the style of uh, Jeffrey Tubin. No, like a on like, Skype. On yeah, not on Skype. <laughs> We'll find find one where like they can't siphon off our data. We'll do a, a nice big telegram call. We can just do a sig- signal call and then just put paste, call. paste the the Skype thing over it. But uh, we should do it like like a, a morning radio show. Hey, this is Jeff and Jeff the morning. How y'all doing? Ready to get the lead out? I don't get it. What does that mean? Get the lead? <laughs> like lead? I think it's about Led Zeppelin. I don't know. I never oh, listened I to like classic rock. Gasoline on the way to work. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's just what I assumed it was. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I know. I barely, very rarely listen to classic rock stations. It's not not necessarily my kind of music. <laughs> uh, like the Scorpions. Uh, more of a Slayer. <laughs> well, that's not classic rock. No, it's not. ACDC, bro. Yeah, those are more like country. Old country. Like southern rock. <laughs> Leonard Skinnerd. Country. Southern rock. Too country for me. Southern rock. Uh, I'm obviously joking. Other than that, I don't know. Uh, Pantera. Oh, hell yeah, man. Name three of their songs. No idea. Not a real fan. I used to like them, but like literally almost two decades ago. Is, isn't Pantera like a Christian band? No, I don't think so. With Dimebag Daryl? I don't know. I don't know, bud. I don't think so. What, I remember back in the day, I, I, they used to... He used to be called Diamond Daryl when they were like a hair rock band. And then they transitioned to like their like gritty, gritty stage and he changed it from Diamond to Dimebag. <laughs> greasy. That's a greasy name. Diamond Daryl is like really hair rock. That is, yeah. Those are both pretty, pretty good names for the specific genre. Weird. Good stuff. I haven't listened to music in a long time, speaking of. That's weird. I just listen to music so so infrequently anymore. But I... I love it when I'm driving. I just listen to podcasts. But I was talking to a Taiwanese person the other day. Oh, were you? I was. Wow. It happens sometimes. It's weird. You don't see too many of them in Taiwan, but you do occasionally. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they told me... They were one of those people that says, I like every kind of music. So immediately... I played like the worst country Christian <laughs> black death metal. <laughs> I pulled out Core. Disfiguring the Goddess by Circle of Nine. And it's immediately just like. And she just started moshing to it. Yeah, they weren't a fan. 
And then I played, yeah, then I played country. Like some real, like, f- folky, gutter, gutter punk country. And they were like, no, no. Nah. Well, you're giving bad examples, too. That was a good music. It's music I like. Yeah, but You that- can't say you like all kinds of music. You can say you like many kinds of music. But I don't want to hear this, I like every kind of music nonsense. But maybe you do. Maybe you just, it doesn't matter what the style is. Like, you would like a good death metal band song if it was like Those are, a little bit myth- melodic that's a good death metal song that's not a death metal song that's like a grindcore song but there, there's melodic death metal I know there is a lot I'm saying what I played was more grindcore okay so maybe they would like a nice soft grindcore song I, I don't know if that exists but they definitely exist there are some soft grindcore songs. well no I still don't accept the answer you don't <laughs> like all kinds of music you could no stop defending this trash alright Stop saying you like all kinds of music. Say you like many kinds of music and have specific examples. Stop, I mean, stop being so vague. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the, the audience. I think, I think they might. They might like all kinds of music. Don't defend this. All right. It's a bad look. You're gonna, when you run for office one day, you're going to regret this stance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure brought water. You watch the football game, bud? Funny. You watch them football games this weekend, bud? A lot of them, them yeah, big old Madrid, Real Madrid. <laughs> you watched the fucking footy match, lad. Was it good? Fucking Liverpool killed them, mate. It's a cringy accent. Fucking Liverpool, Liverpool. <laughs> we went over there. We kicked their asses up and down. So it's like Donald Trump pretending to be from the UK. <laughs> My name's Donald Trump. I hate that nasty woman. She's disgusting. Oh, I need to work on my Liverpool accent. I always just copy like what I what I in my head hear the Beatles saying. Oh. You get thicker than that. We're the Beatles. We're from Liverpool. That sounds like a goofy like <laughs> Scandinavian accent. Like oh. speaking English. We're from the north of uh, Europe. We should stop losing these listeners. <laughs> yeah, it's just slowly European listeners just turning it off and deleting the podcast from their feed. <laughs> uh, I was looking. I got a new history podcast in the works. It's more fun than our last one. Okay. But less impactful. But that's okay. It's just a, it's just an entertainment thing. I was also thinking we need to finish our reading series, bud. We, uh, ne- we never finished that. Yeah, it's been more than a year. We got very close. I don't remember where we are. That's the problem. I can, I mean, I have the videos, and I mean, also also the podcasts are still up, but I have, so everyone, if you haven't finished our reading series, you can go to YouTube or you just back. the camera and have like a video feed for the, for the video. Could. But yeah, go go catch up on those. I think we have three, three of them, three or four. And uh, we j- I think we'll probably just have to read this last part because we're in like the last few chapters. But I think we need to s- finish that and then probably go to Shakespeare. Start a new. Haha! <laughs> I was gonna say start a new series. Shakespeare would <laughs> be good because they're short. They're like they're not very long. Some of them are, yeah. Like all the Shakespeare books I've been reading, like, they're like a hundred pages. So we could finish it in like probably two three hours, like a play. The only thing is like slowing down to explain the weird parts. Yeah, that's true. Gotta, we can, we and can, it's also a dialogue, so you can just kind of act it out. Whether we can hit a, we can hit a Shakespeare. We should do some more political stuff, though. But like Shakespeare's super political sometimes, but it's like ancient politics. I mean, it's not like modern, but it's like the same ideas. Like, do you do you sacrifice yourself for for loyalty? Do you 
do you approve of suicide? A lot of it is like, a lot of it is kind of like, on the more personal level, it's like low politics rather than high politics. Like it's betraying, betraying your friends and like cheating and stuff like that more than like high politics where it's yeah, I would say about the state or like bigger ideas. But still, there are some political it's like elements. Per in personal politics. Personal. Personal. There's a lot of politics. I'm reading. I'm reading the Tempest, and I'm about to finish Macbeth. I haven't the read Tempest The Tempest, but I, I have pretty read political. Macbeth was. Oh, okay. I read that so long ago. I think I read it in high school. That that was like three or four years ago. I was in high school. <clears throat> That's funny. Forever ago. Uh, Macbeth is great. Shakespeare is good. I I remember not understanding why all my classmates hated it and then realizing slowly that they were all stupid. Oh yeah, like because you, you need a lot of you need to be able to like read into context to figure out what a lot of these older words mean. The other thing is you also have to read. <laughs> like a lot of them would just like skim the page and be like, "Why don't I understand this?" Well, yeah. Yeah, of course. <sighs> or not read it at all. Like depthful reading. Or just read the what was the what was that site that everyone would always use? Cliff Notes? Yeah, well, maybe. Cliff Notes is probably paid. There was, I don't Spark know, Notes. The Spark Notes, I think is what it was. They would always, like, go read the summary on there instead of actually reading it. And I was like, this is actually pretty good. Like, we read Beowulf. That's another, Beowulf not, not is, Shakespeare, but that's probably obviously a bridge. it's uh, Not a bridge. It's probably, like, uh, I mean, it's, it's not probably. You definitely read, like, a, a modern version, oh, which is why sure. it's a lot easier. For sure. Because if you look at the original Beowulf, like, it has letters that don't exist in the well, alphabet. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't written in English. I mean, it was like Old English. That's yeah. Like the, that's was it Old English or Old Norse? That's what they, they consider it, like the first example of an English work. That, yeah. yeah, it was Old English, like the original, whatever, that this would constitute Old English. It's, a, it's a very weird, weird when you go back that far. It's indecipherable because the words no longer exist and the letters no longer exist. So whether it's the same language is, I think, debatable. Unimportant. The story is good. That's Shakespeare is understandable. Yeah, like, I would agree. It's modern 90, enough. 90 plus percent, I would say. Yeah. Especially to like a well-educated person who like, because a lot of the words, if you can't... That was a nice humble brag, Ari. I, I just mean <laughs> a lot of the words that are thrown in there, if you, don't, if you don't have like a strong vocabulary, it's difficult to decipher their meaning because some of them are, the archaic words are similar to modern English words, but they're like kind of seldom used words yeah you know what I mean yeah faux show so if you I, I don't mean highly educated is that you have to go to university or something to read Shakespeare but what I mean is that you need to like you need to at least be, be well read yeah be well read enough to to comprehend like some of that vocabulary that that's very very seldom if ever used in our like normal spoken vernacular yeah. as opposed to in the written format I agree with that Monkey boys out today. Me talking about Shakespeare in general is a humble brag. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. Fair enough. Yeah, Shakespeare's good. You you know who I like? Who's the opposite? Uh, Bukowski. Oh, Chuck I Bukowski. I think I was looking into reading one of his books. He's good, man. I used to love him. Old Charles. Chucky. Chucky. Chucky B. He uh, he's like a gritty like. LA alcoholic. It's very much a dirt bag. Oh, he was super dirt bag. Did, have, you, have you not read anything of his? Uh, I don't. Hey, what's? Who wrote On the Road? Jack Kerouac. Kerouac. Okay, I've I, I started reading that and got like three fourths of the way through and then 
for some reason I started reading something else because I don't know I have ADHD or something but anyway no I haven't but I've read about I've read about him because people were like we got another hour we're almost back to the party that's <laughs> all right do a little another loop or something yeah. but uh yeah I I haven't like I haven't read anything from him suffice to say but good you should read um he was like kind of guy who he worked a lot of menial jobs mm-hmm. like he worked at the post office for a while to like uh support his writing career i guess in drug, ad- drug addiction i don't think he was addicted to drugs i think he was just an alcoholic i thought he did heroin but maybe i'm wrong i don't think that's him i think you're thinking of uh fear and loathing hunter s thompson hunter s thompson used like every drug imaginable i think bukowski was too too old he's he's a little bit Free Thompson, like his big shit, I think came out in the fifties. Yeah, he's he's similar to Kerouac, and that he's like that fifties. Uh, beat. Oh, uh, yeah, beatnik. Yeah, he's like one of the beatnik writers. Yeah. Just nineteen fifties dirtbag. But they, but their language, I think, was like a bit flowery. flowery oh, for sure. Despite yeah. Despite that, Bukowski sure. is not flowery at all. Ah. Uh, Bukowski is like gritty, real. Real shit. It's a lot of, I can't remember. I haven't read his stuff in probably more than 10 years, but more like, if I remember correctly, a little bit more stream of consciousness and just like telling you what's going on. Mm-hmm. Less philosophical. At least at the base level. There's like, there's layers underneath. Yeah. But it's also just like, at the base level, just entertaining. His wild antics. I do like sometimes that stream of consciousness writing. Like, that's why I like on the fiction side i like cormac mccarthy a lot yeah because he writes in such a weird style he doesn't use like any punctuation he doesn't use quotation marks it's weird but it's like his books are some of my favorite uh fiction books he's so good it's gonna download some but i can give you my copies if you you want to borrow them they're all they're all digital oh Yeah. yeah okay you probably have access to them but yeah, there it's a uh, it's good stuff. I like uh, one of my favorite books of his is Blood Meridian. Yeah, you were telling me. Uh, yeah, no, no Country for Old Men is of course really good too, and On the Road is not bad. I read On the Road. Yeah, on the Road's it's okay, but it's it was okay. It's the it's the least favorite of his books that I've read, but it was still engrossing. Like, it's still a good story. I love those apocalyptic books. Yeah, his most of his are like are like westerns. I mean, I guess No Country for Old Men is like a modern western. Yeah, I'd still say it's a western. It's like set, but it's like set in the '70s, right? Yeah. So, but it's still so good, man. It's just like the story of like, you know, the world, the God is dead world of like post morality almost. It's interesting. He's very like Nietzschean, nihilistic shit, and wrestling with all that. I've been trying to read through that Taiwan's Green Party's book, but uh, too boring. No, it's 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 interesting and it's well written for the little bit that I read so far. The problem for me is that I just get distracted and I have so many projects going on at once. Like, I need to write the article. I'm gonna have to edit this podcast. Plus, I'm like preparing not only for history podcasts but also for history classes I have to teach, and that requires like. The book that I use for that is like not that great all the time, so I actually do have to like go find pri- primary and secondary sources. What do you mean? For like the podcast and the yeah, your class. There's gonna be a lot of English history on the 
on the podcast then, which if people find that interesting, that could be okay. I'm doing, I'm simultaneously teaching. Find the good stuff, Black Death. Well, that's the problem is that I, I actually family. won't teach the Black Death, at least not the, the, the big one that we all know about. Jesus. I won't be teaching that one this year. Oh, yes, I will. No, that's a lie. But it won't be until next semester. But uh, right now I'm teaching War One, and uh, World War One is great. And William of uh, William of Normandy taking power in England in 1066 right now. Yeah, you can do that. You can talk about how the language changed because that's when a lot of like the French words got influenced, got introduced into English. Yeah, and Norse words for that matter, because basically England, Britain, at least the island of Britain, was almost became Norse territory. It's a guy named Hadrada who's this like Viking king. And he almost save it, save it. Almost beat him. It's good. <laughs> almost beat him. Yeah, we can go up here. We can go up here and go around and then head back. Right. Yeah, there's lots of good stuff. World War One. Oh, with those world wars, there's like literally so much. I would just pick a battle probably and do that. World War One is uh, a little too too zoomed in, man. Ah, it's do it's hard though, cause otherwise it's like you're gonna skip over stuff, which I don't okay like doing. Skip over stuff. That's like not as not as a historian, Ari. I don't like it. I'm not a fan. But that's the entire point of history is like finding where where you want to focus. Like, because, for instance, you introduce uh, World War One, and you're talking about it from the English perspective as opposed to the French perspective. I mean, it's all about focus, right? Whether you're focusing on time or in space or on oh, I know, which actor. I, I know you can't do everything, but I want to. I always want to do as much as possible because I just want to know everything about the event. <clears throat> so tough. But yeah, uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see. Maybe I'll talk about the lead up to World War One. I. I could definitely do a. We could do a podcast right now, which we're not going to do, uh, about Gavrilo Princip and the and the uh, Union or Death, aka the Black Hand, because that's a crazy story. You know, it'd be interesting is talking about the English relationship with Germany prior to World War One. That they're like kind of almost dancing with like alliance. Yeah. And then they kind of went their separate ways, these two. Well, England had a pretty big dance with fascism, just like Germany did. Uh, the Brits just didn't go all in. I but don't think they ever got more than like a tiny fraction of the vote. There was a lot of people in the, in the streets. I don't know the exact percentages, but it's, uh, I mean, any fascism I feel like is worrying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying it was like imminent or anything. Obviously didn't didn't succeed, but uh I think even like the amount of people who call themselves Christian fascists in America, which is a very small percentage, is still quite worrying to me. Yeah, but it's like it's feel like this is just like the discussion with uh, the the Ukrainian guy. It's like how do you how do you destroy an ideology? I think my answer is always education free, and free. Yeah. Well, of course, I think we should keep free speech, but the other thing is, I think we have to increase, uh, like, the standard of living for everyone, and and, edu- and obviously increase education. And that's a kind of like an easy cop-out answer, but... Yeah, those themselves are like, how do you increase the standard of living? Like, well, in America, that's very easy. You increase the wages and you give everyone Medicare for all. That would do a lot right there. I think Medicare for all would be, <clears throat> would be constructive, but I think if you increase the minimum wage, which I do agree with, it's going to create knock-on problems because it's going to drive up inflation because you'll have the no. same number of people no. competing. That's how supply and demand works. You've got the Man. same number of people competing for the same limited resources, which are food, 
We have enough. Right now we have a we have a shortage shortage of workers anyway, which is why they're they're Listen, like. I think they should increase it, but I'm I'm not I'm saying that that's not just gonna. It's, no, it's not a magic bullet, but you deal with those other problems too. That's the that's the point. You don't just increase the minimum wage. I'm just giving you two examples because you say, how do you increase it? Yeah, but then you deal with the problems. Of course, you have to deal with the fallout. About increasing the standard of living, giving people more cash does not increase does not does not make it so that like the third of America that has no high speed internet access suddenly is connected. Does not improve the crumbling public schools around the country. There For are sure, so but, many problems. But, but here, speaking of knock-on effects, a positive one would be that when they have more money, they will have more time to devote to things like politics, to things like taking care of their kids, maybe to things like improving their, their own local communities. That is a pretty large assumption that is based off the idea that people can actually will actually have the economic freedom to lower the amount of hours they work. Because that's not a given. If the, if the wage increases, this certainly will. Not necessarily because people. It's don't been show, it's been shown hours. with the it's been shown with the UBI, when they gave people UBI, they they constantly had, they even found better jobs because they had time to like go do interviews and stuff. So I think it definitely would. But you're talking about a small fraction of the population being given extra money. You're not talking about the entire population at the same time being given the same extra money. Where they, they again they have to compete for the same jobs the same resources, the same housing, the same food. But right now there are a plethora of jobs. So if the lowest wage ones are making more, then uh, theoretically all the wages should rise. Theoretically, yes, but that will take time. Of course, everything takes time. But again, are we looking for something to snap our fingers and fix everything? Or are we just trying to incrementally increase? True, absolutely. But we should try. We shouldn't just say it's tough. I know, I know. But I think a lot of people do. I'm not arguing. I'm not necessarily arguing with you. I just... Here are some of these things that you're saying used to ba- basically say we shouldn't do anything, which I think people, that's, it's just that's nonsensical. That's not an argument I made. I'm just saying. I know, that, I know, I know. That in, like, you're talking about the, the original argument with can we remove an ideology and you're saying that we need to do these things. And you even said it's like a cop-out answer. And I think to some extent it is because there are so many, there's so many aspects of that, like hundreds of little aspects that, that will take decades of hard work to try and overcome absolutely improving quality of life in america especially in like depressed areas is even with those two policies which i agree with both of them those won't solve it and in in, in a sense they, they might, might actually create new problems they might well they might solve it to a degree but of course you're going to have to do hundreds of things but i mean what's the point here well just saying it's complicated yes totally agree so, but that means we need to start working our fucking asses off now yeah so hopefully people will do that. Yeah, but I think a lot of people... It's complicated, right? Yeah, but that's also a cop-out answer. I'm not... That's, it's not a cop-out unless it's saying that there's nothing we can do. I'm just saying it's complicated. We need to... Well, okay, I shouldn't say you're using it as a cop-out, but I'm saying people do use that as a cop-out answer. Say, ah, oh, it's too complicated. It's good enough. Let's just keep the status quo. I know you're not saying that. I'm saying what I think is we should think... We should think carefully, and people should get their priorities straight. I mean, we should, yeah, work towards making things better instead of constantly shifting like reactive politics, which is essentially what we have now. Oh yeah, I mean that's the easiest way to to do it, right? Is just to say the other side is wrong, like Newsom and whoever he's going to debate, Ted Cruz or Florida man. Florida man, Santiano. Rick Santorum. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. I was gonna say something. Oh, I, my dad is on Medicaid right now. Uh huh. And he he says basically like the quality is fucking horrendous. Like 
because the payouts are so low, and because we still have the parallel private system, of course, yeah, because Medicaid is only for poor people, that um, he basically it's very difficult for him to find a doctor that that will even accept Medicaid. Number one, and number two, the ones that do accept it are abhorrently low quality. Like yeah. they only show up like once a month and do their Medicaid patients, or yeah. they like refuse to answer the phone because he's he's also careful about covid so he doesn't want to like constantly be driving into like a doctor's office yeah. full of sick people yeah. um they like they gave they gave him like wrong prescriptions and gave him no instructions <laughs> like all kinds of like sloppy stuff basically just making the point that while i of course 100 percent support me for medicare for all that there are such systemic problems that even if we introduce it that's not like the end that's just the beginning yeah of course <laughs> it would drastically improve people's lives significantly but yeah of course it's just the beginning my sister has numerous horror stories like of, of stuff like that being on being on hold or being on the phone for hours and hours and hours trying to get people just to like approve payments and stuff yeah it's a fucking that's nightmare private insurance. that's what no she has medicaid okay because because of her son but the my dad is dealing with private insurance bullshit right now He's like, he was telling me like he's going to the chiropractor <laughs> for the, give it to the monkeys. <laughs> he said he's basically like out of insurance, out of, <laughs> out of insurance right now. And so he's like, I was like, so what are you doing? He's like, I'm just exercising and going to the chiropractor. I was like, well, that's, oh, that's not a doctor. Oh geez. Well, they, they technically are doctors. Yeah. And I mean, I have friends who do chiropractic, but, uh, chiropraction chiropractification no i think it's the word i don't know i don't really I think care it's the official word is chiropraction i mean massages are good but uh, it's like you're not gonna cure like serious like dis disorders that you have or or whatever health health problems that a doctor should be helping you solve or can be solved maybe other ways through like diet and exercise but so he's got no insurance right now he has insurance he just used used all of it up what do you mean used it's like all of it caps up? The annual cap. That's what it sounds like. The I, annual caps are sometimes... I thought they were like in the millions of dollars. I don't know. I'd have to ask him again, but that's what he made it sound like. He just said basically it can't go right now. I've applied for emergency insurance. The last time I went to the United States, I got like emergency insurance. Mm -hmm. And the cap on that is like $2.5 Well, a lot of times, man, you can spend that pretty quickly. $2.5 If you're like in a catastrophic accident and they have to like reconstruct every organ in your body. Maybe. That he must just have not good insurance. Probably. I mean, most of the, private insurance is bad insurance. But that was like catastrophic insurance. That's why I'm surprised. I don't know. I have to double check all the details, but that's crazy. Suffice it to say that the U.S. healthcare system is like abhorrent and fucked beyond repair. Well, yeah. Not beyond repair. Of course, we could get a different. The this current system is. We have to get rid of it and get a new system, which could easily be done by just changing the Medicare age to to zero. This is this is why I. I disagree with that framing because you you keep saying it can be easily done, but I think that it can, that's it can. Well, the changing of it is not difficult, but it would have to. The fixes would take a long time to make everything to make it work correctly. However, the changing of that's what I mean. The changing of the the age to cover everyone is not that difficult. It would solve one of the five thousand problems. Correct. Correct. But and access. Correct. Which is one last problem Actually, that we have to fix down the road. It it might not though. Even doing something like that, if you keep a parallel private system. Companies might still offer paid health insurance where you can see better quality yeah, doctors you, you would, and actually get procedures done. You would you know have I mean? you would have to get you have to get rid of duplicitous uh, health coverage, but uh, 
again, it's it's one step. Of course, it's not. I'm not saying that would be the end of it. Of course, but it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. Which I just feel like we gotta we gotta be clear that it's it's, it's not simple. There's no simple solutions. No simple solutions. But uh, we also have to get some momentum because once you get the momentum going, then it, it gets doesn't get easy, but it gets easier. Yeah, there's more force. Well, sometimes that's un the unfortunate side effect is that when you do something that inadvertently causes another problem, is that it the, the cumulative effect of all the problems that stir up in society will force further changes. But unfortunately, in a lot of those situations, a lot of people have to suffer along the way. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. But here's like the for instance, if they did like Medicare for all and just did that alone. Yeah. Right. And then whatever there were like huge that monkey is fat fat boy and then there were like huge access problems that a lot of people would suffer over the short term yeah but i'm not saying they shouldn't do it i'm just saying like unfortunately sometimes in order to get like full reform you have to not you have to but society will sacrifice people well we already are we already sacrificed over a million people to covid so yeah i mean Sacrifices are being made. The system is already corrupt. People die like it's somewhere between 30 and 50,000 Americans die every year because they don't have health insurance. So it's like people are already suffering yeah. and uh, we should try to mitigate that as much as possible. Agree. But yeah, the, the, the world that we lived in is a very flawed and imperfect one and uh, doesn't have a whole lot of value for human life despite a lot of politicians saying that they care about it. Agreed. <laughs> I caught myself, but I almost ate it. That's not good. That would have I mean, on those jagged rocks, that would have been bad. That's okay. That's all good. We made really good time. We were like barely an hour. We went pretty far. Yeah. <coughs> Some hiking, boys. Do you have anything else to say? I'm trying to, to think. I'm trying to think too. There was so much. I, I have stuff written down, but obviously I didn't bring it. I don't have my cell phone to check articles. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I mean, we haven't talked about Ukraine for a while. That's that looks to be improving. There's not a whole lot to say, but they basically reversed a bunch. But what took Russia about four months to capture? Yes, that a, was at least in the in the west or in the east. Excuse me. I I wrote an article that I haven't posted yet in Mandarin, basically saying that this could that if Russia's <coughs> Russia. clearly defeated, this could basically shift the dialogue in Taiwan because. The, the rhetoric that I've seen on the on the blue side is essentially that like war is inevitable and that preventing war is essentially like the, the KMT line now yeah it's like we should make accommodations with China to prevent to prevent war yeah and if if basically Ukraine shows the world that like uh, a small porcupine state can a defend small por exactly it's a perfect way to put it the small porcupine state can defend themselves then then it essentially it has it's going to force a change in the KMT rhetoric that for economic reasons they're going to have to basically argue that it's not that we can't win it's that we don't want to fight and we prefer economic yeah we prefer economic stability yeah. than like sacrificing everything to become a porcupine state I think which is interesting because by the way uh -huh. I just want to say yeah. that's what the KMT stood for for like 50 <laughs> yeah, fucking years they stood for like taking back over the, the, the mainland 
But that's what Taiwan was. was yeah, a yeah, yeah. Very densely fortified porcupine state with oh, yeah, compulsory yeah, yeah. service yeah. to resist Chinese uh, expansion into Taiwan. Right. Just PRC expansion, and now they're basically they've com- they've made a complete shift. If that if that becomes their argument. Yeah. It it would. Uh, it also is gets more. Uh, their argument gets weaker as companies start to move out of China. Now that's a slow process, but there are already a number of companies moving away from China because of all the supply issues that they've had. And also with Biden's fourth statement that we talked about earlier of of support, that U.S. troops will come to Taiwan to fight and to defend Taiwan. I think the idea is not about... Do you hear that? Yeah, fireworks. It's less about, like, um, the economic consequences of losing the relationship with China and more about what would be destroyed if there was a war. Because if they just laid in the island with missiles you know what i mean like that's a totally different thing that can't really be protected against uh not with yeah i mean not totally and not without some like iron dome type the uh situation Ooh, germany just sold ukraine a, it's not the iron dome but it's something similar it's like a missile defense system i forget the name but well the th- iron dome is is good for like kind of uh, short-range rockets. Right, it's not right. really good against long-range ballistic missiles, which is what China's. That, that's a totally different defense system. Yeah, these. Def- I mean, that's stuff that obviously needs to be developed, though, and needs to be worked on, because uh, obviously Taiwan doesn't isn't really looking for like a ton of uh, offensive nuclear cap or not nuclear. Yes, <laughs> Freudian slip. Uh, uh, just ballistic like attack helicopters and attack missiles uh, offensive stuff is what I'm trying to say so I don't know I hope they get more of it I, I heard they're also trying to they're looking into like getting more drones because drone obviously drone warfare has shown itself quite useful in Ukraine sit over here if you want to keep going for a minute and uh, yeah that would be smart because well also anti-drone technology because the yeah. problem with yes. drones yes. is like because you can just swarm a country with like uh, combat drones like you could have 500 drone operators for like the cost of a a single like support helicopter yeah. or something like that and if that's the case and they're all they all carry lethal force like you can completely annihilate a brigade yeah you can you can do you can do a you can do a lot of damage with just a few drones I mean it's happening in Ukraine right now it, uh, Azerbaijan is mostly using drones which is from what I heard one of the attractive things about the Iron Dome the new system that they're trying to develop it uses rather than using rockets it uses lasers oh yeah yeah, yeah. and if that was used against drones that could potentially just like wipe a fleet of drones out of a, like an area of airspace in seconds yeah which would be which would be very efficient that would be that would be your idea yeah makes sense you need to have drones but you also need to have anti-drone technology you stay here in the shade sure beautiful setup yeah, it's it's certainly something that I need to lurk into. It sounded like you said lurk into. I, I think I did. Freudian slip. I'm full of them today. I'm just all Freudian slips. Lurk. I'm trying to lurk into those nuclear missiles. I wish I could think of all the stuff I read. 
Yeah, I really wish I had my cell phone too. <laughs> should look at our group. What's up? Look at our group. I'm trying to think. I wrote a, another article about uh, what's her name, the widow of Kobe Bryant. I just thought that was like a really disgusting thing. I don't know if we talked about this on the pod before, did we? I don't think so. I, I think we might have talked about Kobe before, but I don't think we talked about his widow. It was just an annoying thing. It's not... So, his wife, uh, Vanessa Bryant, who is a dancer, who has, now that Kobe's passed away, $600 million. So she's one of the richest people in America. Uh-huh. And she decided to sue the city of Los Angeles because the, one of the police officers leaked photos of the helicopter crash okay and the people in los angeles decided that her feelings were worth 15 million fucking dollars which is by the way like 10 times what the average american will earn in their entire fucking life and it's about a hundred times the payment that that they'll give like an airline will give if somebody dies in a plane crash wow so basically what this says is that rich people's feelings are worth, worth more than normal people's lives I mean, <clears throat> that is true. <laughs> you say that's true. Like, it's I mean, it's it's de- it's de facto true. Like in a lot of places in America, that's that's accurate. I mean, look at how labor laws work and things like that. Like, rich people's rich people's feelings and rich people's and I mean that's disgusting. They should obviously that officer should be fired. Like you shouldn't be leaking things like that. However, yeah, the amounts of money that it, they're dealing with in that situation is pretty disgusting based on the fact that like. A, lo- a large amount of Americans live in like pretty abject poverty. And it's just, it, it was emotional distress for fuck's sake. And not only that, but she is one of the richest people in the entire United States. Like she, her, the amount of money she has is, I mean, it's incomprehensible, yeah. $600 million. Like it's, it's higher than almost any lottery payout for fuck's sake. Yeah. She's like a, like, yeah. and she's basically never worked a day in her adult life. I don't know. I don't know anything about her. Whether or not she has, like, it's 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 abhorrent. I, you you talk about like rich people shouldn't have over, whatever. That maybe there should be like caps or limitations on people having that much money. And I I agree with that. But I think it's especially abhorrent when people basically earn all of it through inheritance, which is what she oh, did. Oh yeah, we, we we should insanely inflate the inheritance inheritance tax the it thing is she's like, his spouse so it's not even like I guess it is inheritance still but even if they had a joint bank account like yeah that's I would say sp- spousal stuff is a little bit different but when it comes to like children it should probably be taxed at like 70% I would say I think it should be taxed I think everything over a million dollars or something like that just confiscated not confiscated but like taxed at a higher percentage like it should be progressive just like just like, just like the regular tax, income yeah. system this lady has a slingshot on her bag. That's sick. For the that's, monkeys, I assume. That seems like a really bad idea because it's so slow. Like, unless you're really skilled and you just have, like, a handful of rocks. Like, you shoot one, and if, if they don't get hit, they're coming back after you. They might. It's not like a stick where, like... I think they're usually pretty scared, though. I don't know. But it's just funny to see that. It's funny, but I think... Probably not the most practical weapon. I, I agree with you. I usually go with the stick or, or a, a bamboo rod. But uh, yeah, I I can I can agree with that. I think I would probably set it lower than a million. Like you don't need a million dollars. 
it's, well, it's like, I mean, it's fine. Like, if you have a million dollars, then, yeah, that's fine. You should be able to, you can keep it, I guess. I think it just should be progressive. Like, $100,000 is taxed at whatever, like zero. And then $200,000 is taxed at this. A million dollars is taxed at this. Ten million is taxed at this. Anything over ten million is immediately confiscated. I feel like extending that. I feel like fifty percent tax over a certain point is good enough because it will like severely, severely curtail like a lot of that, and and it will give the government a lot more money. I mean, I, I would be willing to agree with that, but I would I would go I would obviously go higher. I also think like I think when you do if you do something like that, then they just won't leave anything. They'll just spend it all now. Which is, it's not really solving the problem. It's just it making does, people spend it before they die. It does put it back into the economy, but maybe. But again, you don't, I mean, not everyone knows, like, when they're going to die. So. I think a lot of people have an idea. In the modern era, you're right. that You don't know exactly. Well, I mean, Kobe, for instance. That's a very rare instance. How many people die in helicopter crashes, for fuck's sake? More than people would think. Helicopters are extremely dangerous. Yeah, but how many people fly in helicopters? I mean, I agree with you. It's obviously a very small number, but rich, rich people disproportionately. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> point being that, like, people have a general idea. And as you get older, you spend more and more of your money. Like, if you put a hard limit like that, I, I get the point that you should uh, reinvest it. But in, in that case, um, it would be better to then just have it no income tax and then just have it as... No, I think the income tax should be high Savings as well. tax or something like that. I think the income tax should be super high as well. But then you're... You, if you only have, or sorry, if you have a high income tax, then, and you you keep the other taxes the same, then you're basically incentivizing people to. What am I trying to say? It depends. It depends on the relative taxation differences between these groups. That's my point. I would say you. I would say income tax should be high and inheritance tax should be high. Both should be high, in in the upper bounds. Of yeah. course, if it's like yeah, if it's like you're giving your kid a hundred thousand dollars, then. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, but it's also like, relatively speaking, when we're talking about like people, like the richest people in the world, it's like pocket change to those people. So, yeah, I think it should be taxed, but yeah, I agree with you. It should be progressive. This guy's just hanging out here. Yeah, he was like looking over here at first. I was wondering if he's going to try to come swipe, swipe my tea. Nah, he seems pretty chill. They got a pretty thick coat for how hot it is outside right now. I'm sure they shed some of it like a dog, but... I wonder how much. And yeah, it does look pretty hot. It's so weird that they got, like, their hands and their feet are kind of, like, the same in terms of functionality and be able to grasp things and, like, climb on things. Yeah. That would be a weird, a weird thing to have. Opposable thumbs on your feet. I like this monkey. Don't look at me. He's, like, a pretty, pretty old one. Pretty old, pretty, he looks pretty old. I guess I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not Jane Goodall, but looks uh, looks so he looks like he's with a genitalia. Yeah, he's got a wiener. Is that a wiener? I think so. I'm no Jane Goodall either. <laughs> I've seen Jane Goodall. Oh yeah, you told me you saw her speak at a university, right? Yeah, at U of T back in the day. Old old Jane. She was old back then. Shit. With her, like, it's rare to see long white hair, like in women. Yeah. Because a lot of them, a lot of people, a lot of women, especially by the time they get to that age, they don't want to deal with, like, long hair. Yeah, they just cut it short. Yeah. It's true. She has a very thick English accent, obviously. There's a... Which I, I wasn't aware of until I heard her speak. 
I knew she was English, but I think I, I don't, I didn't think about it that much. The there's a lady kind of like that here, that apparently like does monkey tours and stuff. Oh really? Yeah. How much? She, that I, that, I, that I don't know. That I don't know. But it would be interesting. Look at him sitting. Yeah, so, so I'm just. You just, take a picture? Yeah, I'm going to. Oh shit! He's showing his teeth. I think he was just yawning. Maybe. He's got fucking fangs. Those monkeys are. They're, oh. they're feisty. I got those teeth. Careful. I know. Trying to make it look like I'm not looking at him while I focus. Oh, yeah. Those are nasty oh. teeth, man. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> those fangs are like an inch and a half long. They're super long. Man, if that guy bit you, that would fucking hurt. Oh, yeah. You'd be in, you'd be in some serious trouble. Holy shit. When he yawns, it's like... I want to get a picture of him yawning to get those teeth. Oh, you didn't? No. I want to, though. I'll look away. I'm trying to, like, look at him without looking at him. I'm covering my face. Oh, he did it again, and I missed it. He's a very tired boy. Yeah. Do it again, bud. Sure, I'll do it again. You're very sleepy. You're very sleepy. Trying to like look at him without looking at him. That's a cool pick. There you go. Oh my god. Got him. Alright, I'm gonna stop looking at him now. Let him let him do his thing. I don't wanna I don't wanna make him uncomfortable. Cause something with that large of teeth being uncomfortable would make me uncomfortable. <laughs> We're gonna have to get some bigger sticks. <laughs> and I just got this thing, which is like it would hurt him, but it w there's a brick behind you. It might be you a, might be enough to scare him. Oh, yeah. Just the brick. Just bash him, bash him into bits. Quack, quack, quack. Everyone should go listen to our that Ukrainian podcast. I thought it was it's very long, but you can listen. I mean, even if you just listen to like the first half, it's very long. I, I'm listening right now, and I haven't gotten past the part where I'm still talking. Yeah, I I, I obviously listened to the whole thing twice. It's mostly you when, talking. When I was editing. The beginning is a lot of me talking. Yeah. I was excited. You were really excited. It's funny because you can hear me get like slowly more inebriated and then by the end I'm just like sober again. Oh really? Because I basically, yeah, because we basically stopped drinking and I started drinking water. And I at, at the end point. it was just me, me and the Ukrainian dude just chatting. And then every once in a while Ron just pops out of the door. He's like, what's up guys? Yeah, he stayed. He stayed the other day, man. I don't not understand how that guy gets up so early. He, like he, he got up at like six thirty. I was like, oh my gosh. I used to do Where that. Where are you going? I used to do that for school, but it's it's a nightmare. He's he's on vacation. <laughs> Sees the Without day. Without an alarm. I told you that. Oh yeah, morning. yeah. That's that is the insane part. Without an alarm. I guess when After I sleep drinking. When I sleep when I sleep at other people's houses though, I. I do like it's easier for me to get up early. That's true, yes. But still, six thirty is still quite quite early. I don't do that very much. I think that was the last chance to get that picture before you left, man. So you basically had a Nailed pretty good it. opportunity, yeah. I'm a certified nature photographer. Man, if you had gotten one of that, <laughs> that would have been cool. <laughs> the good thing is we can always come out here, always get interesting pics of these these monkeys. Pun intended. <laughs> The, uh, oh, 
Yeah. Hopefully there'll be an article by Ron going up soon. Oh yeah. I just have to edit it down, which you can help me with if you are so inclined. Because it's like basically a research paper that I need to like turn into an article. Well, turn it into multiple articles. Probably cut it into little pieces. Might be able to turn into a series. But suffice to say, Ron should be having more articles, mostly focused around authoritarianism. Is he not getting it published? That's what I was trying to get, like ascertain from him. Is like, are these going to be published? Because like we can't just like publish them then on our stuff. Yeah. But. I don't know, I'll, I'll ask him again. Yeah, ask him before we take any time on that. Because if he does intend to publish, then, like... Just put him behind a paywall. You still can't, because a lot of journals, yeah, if you if you publish elsewhere, they won't accept it. And if we publish it, then it's like... I suppose it would be copyright infringement. I mean, we're basically a political science journal anyway, right? Which means we're competing against them. Everyone's trying to get us on their CV. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I I met a researcher recently, so I'm going to try to have them Check this. give us some, some of their information. What is that? It looks like a mini honeycomb. Interesting. Some sort of little pod. Would you like pods? Don't we all? <clears throat> Everyone enjoys ours. Especially these chill, relaxed, you feel like you're walking through a forest one. Hear all the little nature sounds. They're pretty interesting. Even though it's like my own banter, a conversation that I've already had, it's still fun to listen to. That's why you guys should support us, so I can get even better recording equipment, and it'll sound even more crisp out here in the. Let's just do the T-shirts. I put on my to-do list. That way, like, we don't have to like beg for nothing. You can just get people to like. They'll get. They'll get a cool. They'll get some merch out of it. We get a. Uh, we get our servers. Yeah, we're. We obviously always have the Patreon. You can get access to like Discord servers and stuff. I'm gonna try to do some more streams soon. Um, and yeah, we're obviously doing the, the history pods and stuff, so there's, and writing, finally wrote, I mean, Arthur finally wrote, and, uh, yeah, there's been a lot of content recently, so, feel free to do the Patreon thing, but yeah, we're gonna work on making some, some sick t-shirts. NFTs. NFTs. <laughs> I think the NFT thing is over. Hat collection. Oh, hats would be cool. I would like hats. Well, they're I, NFT hats. Oh, uh, okay. You can buy the real hats. We'll make it so that you can buy the real hats. Digital hats. Right now, they're NFT hats. I'm also looking into doing stickers, which I think we can do with the shirts, usually. So, we'll have some designs up soon. If anyone wants to cop, they're going to be fresh. I definitely will be rocking some. Yeah, I'll get some t-shirts. I think we should use the use that uh some of those poster designs that we have yeah some of those are dope i put on my to-do list i'm gonna need to re actually i've already photographed them. i just need to uh kind of like make them like a transparent png like a two-color png if you want to use the camera the fcp camera you can use that too to get like a real fine image if you need it 
I also want to make a really nasty one about Chen Zhong. I like have the idea where basically it's gonna have like all the old dictators. It's gonna be like Jiang Jie and then Jiang Jingguo and then <laughs> Chen Zhong and have all of their kill counts. Just like a Mount Rushmore of basically like the old heads. Soviet style, like yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. old Soviet style art yeah, where, where they have they, all their like their faces exactly. in line, yeah. yeah, and then just have their kill counts and be like, you know. Something like Dang Zui Da or something like really like short, crude message that like basically Just make sure we can't get sued over it. Cause he seems a bit litigious. <laughs> what is he gonna sue us for? What assets? The house that I don't have? If I if I go to jail, if I become a political prisoner because of that, it'll only make me stronger. Like a hydra. Yeah. <laughs> Come and find us, shit. Like that, that, that is also that is also a thing. We'll see. Just don't name names if, if you get caught up. But... Never speak to the police, that's what I always say. But like you'll be deported tomorrow unless you name names. <laughs> All right. Would you name names then? Alright, Ari's full name is <laughs> No. No, I wouldn't. Because that would also make me a political prisoner, again, making me stronger. Ron Burgundy. Yeah. Benjamin Arthur. Supanusen poem. No, I don't talk to cops. Arthur Morgan. That's his name. One of my favorites. I've only met him once. <laughs> Along the dusty trail. Bad case of TB. Did he have TB? I don't know. Dude, you need to play that single player, speaking of, though. Yeah. Dude, it's so good. It's Dude. so good. Dude. I, what I want to play now, I want to. There's a new Pokemon game coming out. I haven't played Pokemon in fucking decades. I played Pokemon Stadium on my N64 emulator the other day. I'm going to play it in Mandarin and try and use it as like a half game, half like. Learning experience. Yeah, reading, reading practice. We should. Uh, we got to stream some stuff soon. How about we stream Pokemon Blue in Mandarin? <laughs> I'm fine with that. I've got a GBA emulator, and of course I I own all the games. In Mandarin, though, that's the thing. You gotta find one that I bet is I could, in traditional I, Chinese. I could definitely find it. There's so many. Fine, we can do that. I could definitely get a Japanese version. The Japanese versions are everywhere, but that doesn't help us as much. No, it's not very good. The names are funny. Because I was watching some kids play it recently, like watching all the old names of the Pokemon that I grew up with and seeing their Mandarin names. Some of them are stupid. <laughs> and some of them are like totally unrelated. That's weird. I think I... I just know Pikachu. I don't think... Is that the name? I don't know if that's the actual name. I think so. Let's look. Let's do a little... Fact checking. A lot of the names are like crude, like the names that you'd give to dogs. It's like small fire rat, like something like that. <laughs> small fire rat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, Pikachu. Is that the modern name though, or the original name? I don't that's know. That's the thing. That's what. It, that's just what it says when I when I googled it. Well, the original name is in Japanese, so. But they, but they had in the original game. They like made it for all the languages, right? 
I assume that's what it was, but I don't know. Let's see. Yeah, it was called Leicho. Oh. That's the original name. Lightning Lightning Hill. Yeah. <laughs> that's an interesting name. Oh no 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 no. Leicho is Raichu. The uh, the evolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pikachu. I think it is Pikachu. I wonder if, I wonder if Rai is is Lei and uh, is lightning in Japanese. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it is in. It is in Mandarin. Old Mandy. Old oh. Some <laughs> of them are funny. Like Abra is something weird. I have a a level one hundred Abra on my. A level one hundred Abra on my, on my uh, Pokemon Pokemon. What is it? Pokemon Stadium team. You gotta get this, those the psychic Pokemon, man. They're good. I love psychic Pokemon. My favorite was Mew, man. That was always my favorite. I mean, Mew is classic, like OP. Let's see, Pokemon. Kaishi. That's the name in Mandarin. For Mew? Yeah. No, for for Abra. Abra. Kaishi. <laughs> yeah. Because the Japanese was Casey. Casey. Yeah. From from Edgar Casey, who was an American psychic. Case Edward Case I think C A Y C Case maybe Yeah that's kind of cool I know like the you know Hitmonlee and Hitmonchan Yeah like it's supposed to be from Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan, Chan but yeah. it's totally different in Japan like it was from some like some fighters like old Japanese like fighters Oh but in let me look up really fast and then I'll give you your phone back someday it was totally different in Mandarin. I forget what they were. Bruce Lee, Hero, Jackie Chan, Cop Bootlicker. They are not the same. I always love Hitmonlee. Hitmonlee is, yeah. I actually, I mean, I like both of them. They're pretty cool fighting. Fighting Pokemon. Fei Tu Lang. In Japanese, it was... Sawamurar. I don't know why I'm using that accent. Because they have no R sound, Sawamura. Because they had a kickboxer, Tadashi Sawamura. Uh. And then Hitmonchan I'll yeah. look up to. Doc's not going to come play with me. So sad. It's kind of cool that they have this. Deep into the Pokemon lore. Oh yeah. And oh, in in Japanese it was yeah after a Japanese boxer Hiroyuki Ebihara, but in French it says his name was Tignon from Mike Tyson. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's pretty weird. That is weird. I didn't know the French had such an affinity for Tyson. It's different, like everything. It says in Korean it was Hong Su Hwan, uh, Hong Su Mon, from. Hong Su Hwan, who was a Korean boxer. That's cool that it's like very local. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. That's interesting. Can't cook this up. Alright, now that we've ended this pod talking about Pokemon. <laughs> oh, there's an, some more fangs. Uh, Not as big. That, mon- that monkey is a little bit smaller. Maybe that's how you can tell how old they are, is that the fangs grow every year. Might be. 
I would look it up, but I don't have a phone. Like, like a tree. Oh, big boy's back. Uh, where? Up there, up the trail, he's closer to the bikes. Is it the same one? I think so. He's got that big old belly. It's interesting because they're, they're like social, like community based, but they also, they also like go off by themselves. I'm so hungry, man. You wanna go back? Yeah, I did not eat today. I think I'll just, no, I'm not hungry. I'll just go to the museum. I'm gonna go get a lunchbox, I think, before I go to work. How are you driving back? What do you mean? How are you gonna drive back? I mean, which way am I gonna go? Yeah. I don't know, I can go either way. Why? Just trying to figure out where you can drop me. Wherever. I got a little, I got time. I don't have to, I don't have to work until four. I do have to eat though. Where are you gonna get your lunchbox? There's a place on the way from the MRT station. By the way, the school's lunchboxes have much improved. For Buddhist club? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, before they were okay. No, no, not for Buddhist club, for the canteen. Sorry. Oh, okay. My brain just warped out to another dimension. Okay. <laughs> I'm just answering reflexively. Yes. yes, that's correct. <laughs> I'm going to Buddhist club. I think that's what I was answering, even though that's not what you asked. It is not what I asked, but it's okay. It gives me more information. Um, the school lunch boxes have always been really terrible. Mm -hmm. And now they're like less terrible. <laughs> yeah, I've had a couple of them that were like okay, they just weren't. As long as you avoid fantastic. the vegetarian ones, or especially if you get the ones with like a, the big lunchbox cases where they have like a lot of different vegetables and then a little bit of white rice. I don't know if those have changed, but those were always the worst. But yeah. they have small ones, like a regular one, which is just like fried turmeric rice or. Yeah, just any any fried rice is basically quite good. Yeah. The. Uh, Hell yeah! Bro. Oh, I was. <laughs> I was also I'm also excited that uh, at least some sevens have been expanding. I mean, I'm not a big fan of like. Yeah, I love the expansion what, of large Japanese corporations. Wait, I don't like big corporations, and I I. Corporations are people. <laughs> my friend. Ari's classic line. But uh, it's Romney's line. I do. I do like that they're expanding, that they're at least including more like veg options. So if I do have to end up like in a in in a place where like that's the only place I can eat, I mean, at least there's all options. The time. Oh, sorry, it's okay. Jeez, didn't pay attention. The uh, well, but the, but like the one by by the university, they like have a whole section now. Before it was just like they had like like one one noodle and like one maybe one sandwich that was just like full of eggs but now they have like actual like like spaghetti and meatballs but like veg <clears throat> really yeah spaghetti and veg meatballs yeah wow yeah they expanded quite a bit they have like a veg breakfast sandwich like it's not bad i i'm impressed i obviously don't put much money into it because i'd rather just cook myself or like eat at a, a mom and pop restaurant but it's good to have options and i appreciate that it seems like people are recognizing that more and more people are bad. There's only one future. 7-Eleven <laughs> future. If you don't know, now you know. If you don't know, now you know. Alright. As soon as he sat down, all the news stopped and just started Pokemon banter and then <laughs> oh. talking about 7-Food. Too much, too much hiking. Maybe just the right amount of hiking to make us a little bit tired and 
delirious. That guy gave me a hard side eye. We need to get Arthur on the podcast soon. Sure. I have lots of things to argue with him about. He lives close enough. I was I was just thinking, yeah, you're going to have to get him to come down from Jai, but it's <laughs> not the case. We're supposed to go with him to dinner tomorrow. Record a dinner pod. Oh, yeah, if you get off early, you can come. I think you said you get off early on Wednesdays, right? Good question. Do I? Yeah, I think you do. Uh, they close at 5.30, so I told them to meet at 4.30, which is why I assumed you couldn't come. But you're welcome to join us. Yeah, I do. I finish at 3.30. Yeah, you can come meet us. It's in the same area. It's just the, the other place. I don't want to say it on the pod. How am I going to get over there is the question. You can I take the train. Drive, I, can drive my car. I can drive my scooter. You can take the train to Doing and then take a U-bike pretty close it's not super close but it's not too far that would probably be the fastest alright maybe that's what I'll do there is a train close to the school so yeah that's why I'm setting it alright got it you called me yesterday and I was so tired is that who you were talking on the phone with today today probably my dad okay why would I say I just heard you talking about politics Really? I, I figured it was... Either, Today? Yeah. Definitely my dad. Maybe it wasn't politics, but I thought it was politics. I always know it's either it's either your dad or Ben, if you're talking about anything political. Sometimes but, my mom. Oh, okay, that's fair. But I can only rant for so long before she just kind of tunes out. She's not Jewish enough. <laughs> she doesn't have that argumentative streak. I mean, you just mentioned Ben, who's like even less Jewish. That's that is true. It's his uh, strong Mexican heritage. Not everything's racial. Not everything's about race. It's interesting because it's it's the reverse for me. I can rant to my mom for hours and hours, but like my dad eventually will get tired. Both my parents will get tired. Um, is this coral? It's like coral rock. It is. It's cool, man. Because we're like we're so far above the ocean. We're probably like. Coral here Several too. hundred feet. Yeah. yeah. You can still find coral rock like 500 feet above the ocean on this mountain. Yeah. There's a lot of it up. I mean, all these rocks are like old coral. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know if this is old coral. That tree root is sick. That like spiral one. Where? Do you see like the spiral? No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's this is cool. Pretty cool. Those trees just growing out of the rock is like wild. Okay. We're pretty lucky to live here. It's a pretty nice place. I I was. We should go to Vietnam if they release the uh, the COVID requirements. They're going to. They're gonna make it. No, no, I mean in Vietnam. Oh, in Vietnam. But yeah, in Taiwan, I already know. It's gonna go zero plus seven, from what I heard. Oh yeah, you haven't been infected. I'm clean. One of the clean ones. I got clean blood. I haven't been to Vietnam in a while, man. I haven't like, ever been. I would love to go. It's interesting. It's I I don't think you'll like it that much, but it's cool and like it. It's cool from like a 
political perspective. Yeah. From like a tourist perspective, it's a, it's a. I figured it would be somewhat similar to Cam- Cambodia. No, not at all. Really? Cambodia is very dry and arid. Oh no, I I just meant in in terms of like the development. Like it's the more developed. It's more de- it's more urban. Much more urban. Because Vietnam, like you'll go into, I mean. You can go into the country, but it's just significantly more urban development. It's much denser. Cambodia is quite empty. The population is a lot lower. Like, I think Cambodia's population is like just a... I think right now it's like 10, somewhere around 10 million, plus or minus a few million. Vietnam is something like 90 million people in a territory that is larger, but not significant. Yeah, not a ton. Um, It's much, much denser, and it's much... it's It's a communist regime, so you'll see, like, political propaganda... And you can see all kinds of old uh, communist relics and stuff like that everywhere. Especially from the Vietnam War. Because they, because of the slow pace of development, a lot of that stuff is just left over. Like, you can go visit the old... Like, one of my favorite places is, like, the old uh, Museum of American War Crimes, which is, which is actually where they held American POWs, including John McCain. Oh, yeah, McCain. Yeah. I like my heroes that weren't captured... Cambodia has 17 million. 17, okay. Yeah. Just for everyone. Do a little, do a little live fact check. Whereas, uh, yes. 89? Vietnam is 99. 99, oh. So, about to break that 100 million mark. Yeah, so it's not even close. No, it's vastly, vastly more populated. It's also, I think you'd less like it than Cambodia. Cambodia is very chill. Like, because the population density is lower, people are less, like, a little bit less pushy. Yeah. And it's less urbanized in that way. In the cities, people aren't rude, but they're definitely more, like, distant and cold. They're not, like, very... I don't know. Country people are just country people. I love country people. Me too. I am a country boy. Country boy can't survive. I consider myself a medium... medium-sized guy. Suburbanite. Phoenix is not a suburb. And, like, neither is Kaohsiung. I love Kaohsiung. Kaohsiung is sick, but we do we do live on the periphery of Kaohsiung. That's true. So, it's a little bit country. Suburb of a medium-sized city. Sky. <laughs> yeah. Suburb of a medium-sized city. Hell yeah, brother. Alright, everybody, go do all this stuff, but definitely just go to the website, share the website with your friends, share the podcast with your friends, rate and review us on Let iTunes. Rural outskirts of a medium-sized city. Guy. <laughs> Alright, that's acceptable. I can accept that. I can live with that. Uh, but yeah, share us, all that stuff. If you feel so inclined, go to the Patreon, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash free trying to post. Uh, and we'll have t-shirts soon. Love you, talk to you soon. And NFTs. And NFTs. FCP Toy Dog.